Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we cover topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. Today, we are talking about infrastructure as code, the requirements for bringing infrastructure as code on-prem, and how the combination of InterSight and Terraform cloud business make it easier and safer. And of course, to help us navigate the conversation, as always, we have an exceptional cast of Cisco champion hosts, and not one, but two Cisco experts. So sit back and join us for the next half hour or so. All right, let's get started with intros. Mo, we'll start with you. Tell us more about who you are. Hey, thanks, Emily. Uh, my name is Mohit Baswani, or Samuel says Mo, I go by Mo. So if you call me Mohit, that's a bad thing. Something's wrong. Uh, I am the technical uh, uh, solution architect uh, in the field for a new solution that we introduced called Insight Service for Terraform. Familiar with, you know, doing a lot of pre-sales architecture, you know, working customers as advisors, uh, and I help out in any way I can. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, nomagic123, and again, it's a long story, sometime, something over drinks. <laughs> All right, David, same question for you. Yeah, I'm David Soper. I'm a technical marketing engineer uh, supporting Cisco Intersight and our API integrations like those with Terraform. I work a lot with Cisco DevNet as well, and before my work uh, at Cisco, I spent about 20 years in development, software development, firmware development, so uh, lots of development work there. I'm not on Twitter for work, but you can uh, reach out to Mo if you want, or uh, at Cisco (laughs) DevNet, and they'll track me down. Thanks, David. (laughs) (laughs) All right, JC, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, good morning. My name is JC Coburn. Um, I work for a Cisco partner entity um, as a network team lead doing network architecture and design. Um, I'm staying here in Wellington in New Zealand. We are busy migrating from South Africa and I'm trying to get my hands wet in the automation space. Very nice. Mark. You're up next. Hi, I'm Mark Siebering. Um, I'm a principal architect at Devo team in the Netherlands. I live in The Hague. And uh, over the last five, six years, I've been busy automating networks on and off and uh, doing all the uh, organizational migrations that uh, connect to that. You can find me on GitHub, therefore, as NetCICD and on Twitter as well as NetCICD. Very good. Meredith, last but not least, tell us about yourself. (laughs) All right. Hello, listeners. My name is Meredith Rose. I work as a consulting systems engineer for a a Cisco partner called WWT. I'm based in San Diego, California. Um, CCIE, lifetime emeritus, so I'm old. So I do a lot of uh, enterprise uh, architecture and data center networkings. (laughs) Yes, I'm in a good company. I also have my DevNet Associate certification, and my Twitter handle is Mer3DithRose, M-E-R-3-D-I-T-H-R-O-S-E. All right, Mo, kicking it back to you. Uh, before we kick off the conversation, can you give us some context and background on today's topic? So back in March, we announced a partnership with uh, HashiCorp to enable uh, automation and orchestration on-premise with infrastructure as code. 
So as a result of this partnership, you know, we are integrating Cisco in the site platform with Terraform Cloud for Business and reselling Terraform Cloud for Business. So the idea is, you know, we want a single point of control for your for your orchestration and automation, right? If you look at what we have today, guys, you know, there are challenges in the field where we we deal with inconsistencies among uh, environment, you know, creating snowflakes, administration, maintenance headaches. So what we're really striving for is that consistency, the standardization. You know, we want compliance. So. Terraform, along with Intersight, is doing what you know, infrastructure and with infrastructure as code, is it brings out these uh, takes away from these challenges that we have today. The challenges of bringing infrastructure as code on premise, you know, are overcome these challenges. And our goal is to bring the goodness, as you know, as one of my colleagues Francois says, it, goodness of infrastructure as code on premise in a secure and efficient way. Okay, so more. Just a question. Um, I guess a lot of people will know Ansible for infrastructure as code and automation. Why Terraform and what's different uh, for Terraform compared to Ansible, for example? Uh, I, I think I think one of the key things there, Mark, and uh, I'll hand it over to David also to answer some of this, but I think one of the key things is just first to try to understand why infrastructure as code, right? And what we're trying to do that, because there are certain characteristics of infrastructure as code that are important when actually before we even compare Terraform and Ansible. So if you look at you know application velocity, if you want to for looking at application velocity, it drives business value, right? And automation, as we all know, and that's why we heard, is 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 the goal for that repeatable, standardized version and thoroughly trusted infrastructure. So the term infrastructure as code refers to an automation approach for managing any kind of IT uh, resources, right? If for for folks who are not familiar with the concept, is you know resources when it goes to VMs. Uh, containers, you know, networking, compute, storage, whatever it may be. So the idea is the foundation principle of infrastructure's code is to treat all infrastructure as configuration code, right? And the key thing here is is to look at when you're looking at infrastructure's code is is comes in two forms, and this is where we get into the some of the key aspects, uh, Mark. A declarative model versus an imperative model. So a declarative model describes what needs to be provisioned versus versus an imperative model, which describes how it provisions, right? So I rather just know how how I need the cake rather than figuring out what uh, how it's made, what it's used, etc. Right? So I just want to say I want a strawberry cake, for example. So in this case, a declarative approach would be to specify a list of resources that need to be created, whereas an imperative approach would specify each of the commands to create these resources. So now when it comes to uh, Terraform and Ansible, you know, what we look at is, you know, the, we want the best of both worlds and both Ansible and Terraform can coexist. And Mark, it's funny you mentioned this question just on Friday. I had I had a meeting with a customer just to discuss this and show them how these coexist, right? So it's it's not an either or story. It's basically Terraform can call Ansible for ad hoc tasks. So Terraform Essentially, the way I look at it is Terraform is great for infrastructure uh, and Ansible is great for configuration management, right? Terraform keeps states locally. It's configured versus desired end states versus Ansible's mutates the infrastructure. Uh, let, let me let me hand it over to David. David, anything else you'd like to add? And maybe we can get into a little bit of, of you know, the concept of Terraform and Terraform providers. 
Yeah, and so um, Terraform, like you mentioned, that truly you know declarative management model. You really just put what you want in the infrastructure in a configuration file or set of files, and then Terraform really figures out how to make that happen. And that's where Terraform has a pretty structured environment for how the user actually defines what they want, and then Terraform is going to figure out how to do that. Terraform sets a good framework for maintaining state, only applying the deltas if you want it to do that. So a really structured environment for letting the user just define what they want. Terraform is going to sort out how to do it, including mapping the dependencies. And part of how Terraform does that is through Terraform providers, where it's really on the vendor and whoever wrote that provider to make that abstraction happen, focused at the API layer. So really a very structured set of tooling really in Terraform to do that infrastructure provisioning kind of in one way. And in addition to the providers, um, Terraform also supports modules, which really abstract away all the different pieces. An end user doesn't really have to know how the API operates, how you're going to do every step-by-step thing. You just define what you want. And through the combination of those providers and modules, it's really abstracted for you. And you've kind of got you don't even have to figure out what a configuration file looks like. There's examples for that. And that's where I think HashiCorp and Terraform have really built out a good uh, infrastructure as code environment where they really take off, take on all that the heavy lifting of doing an infrastructure as code end-to-end in enterprise. So you won't find any CLI-like code in your Terraform file? It, no, hopefully not. Um, those are things where uh, if you see that, if you see the API level details or CLI, um, that's probably not what Terraform wanted you to do. It should really just be a definition of the things you wanted. What uh, what did you want the infrastructure to look like? What did you want your server, SaaS offerings, uh, instances of virtualized uh, infrastructure? You just define that. You don't have to say how to do it. Yeah, and, and the great thing, just to add to that, right? I mean, I don't have to worry about, okay, how do I do curl commands or Python? And, and the great thing is the providers, you know, uh, the, these third-party uh, providers, they actually will maintain that for you, right? They'll maintain the providers. So I don't have to worry about, oh, if the API changes, what should I do, right? I need to change my code. This all, it's coming directly from the source. So I think these are some of the great advantages that, you know, with Terraform that we can provide to our customers. But you do have to understand how the provider works then and which services are in the provider. Yes, it's it's the end of the day, right? If I want to go provision a VM on-premise or in the cloud, I need to know, okay, I need to know the basic concepts of that provider, right? So let's say I'm doing something on VMware. Okay, I need to know I need to add a disk. I need to give a name, what folder, what resource. So those constructs of that provider I need to know on AWS or Azure or Google if I need to know okay what's a security group means what does a VPC mean so those basic concepts yes we need to understand but all you need to do is say okay there's a certain syntax in Terraform it's human readable language actually at the end of the day is you basically say hey I need uh, an instance a vSphere instance for example or AWS instance and you provide in all the parameters for those uh, for that instance and that's every, if you go look at the registry of Terraform and the providers for Terraform, every provider has documentation on exactly what resources are available, how to use that. So it makes it even a lot more easier to move forward. Yeah, and I was going to mention, in addition to the, the great documentation um, out there in Terraform, again, Terraform modules are another spot where you actually take those 
Terraform provider resources or whatever else a, a provider can do. And a module is where you actually wrap it into a use case. And vendors actually put together really comprehensive models where you can see, and these are maintained in Terraform registry the same way as the providers and the rest of the documentation. But you can kind of get started with a reference use case for almost anything you want to do to kind of hopefully not have to learn all the gory details of what a provider needs in resource definition. I'll give you an example, right? Even Cisco has providers for ACI, for, for Intersight, and we've published modules for IKS where there are certain steps involved to provisioning an IKS. And for example, I need an IP pool. Uh, and you know, a couple, there could be a couple other things that we need, and all that can be constructed into a single module to say, hey, I need a cluster, give me that parameters, and everything goes behind the scenes that calls other resources. So the idea is to build modules with existing providers using their resources to make it even more simplified for our users. And you mentioned IKS, that's our Intersight Kubernetes service. Uh, so that's really a <laughs> Kubernetes cluster definition. And there's a lot that goes into the, the, the definition of that. Um, so the provider can do all that, but that's where that module just lets you look at how do I actually put all the pieces together to get a Kubernetes cluster deployed. And I don't, I don't really even have to know a lot on how the provider itself works because there's a full reference implementation and I just change the data values that I want in there. Yeah, I, I use IKS so often, I assume everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> Too many acronyms. Yes. Do you have to know how to program? Or is it automation without programming, drag and drop and whatever? So Terraform, uh, Terraform, yes, I mean, it, it is it is code at the end of the day, right? It's infrastructure as code. <laughs> so there's some level of logic, some level of understanding what is required. Uh, if you look at Terraform, yes, there is function. Yes, that is there. So absolutely. I can't throw out my keyboard yet. No. Uh, so <laughs> no. that's that's a good question. That's a good question. This comes into some of the topics maybe David and I can answer down the road in the session when we bring in uh, solutions such as Intersight Cloud Orchestrator, which is more of a workflow designer to introduce that low code automation where we have plugins for Terraform Cloud where you can, you know, you, you still have to write Terraform code, but to you have one set of users who are building the code, there could be one set of users actually consuming it in such a way that they simply drag and drop connections to that, that code, right? So our goal at the end of the day is to build that automation and orchestration platform for our customers where we can bring that low code uh, to almost no code, but let's keep it realistic. Let's keep it low code uh, to, our, to our end users. Yeah, and I'd say also, um, so definitely don't throw your keyboard away. <laughs> Uh, the big thing that Terraform uh, helps with there is when we talk about the buzzword infrastructure as code, it really lets you focus back on the actual logical definition yeah. of data definition of what you want. And the thing you still absolutely have to do is how do I organize my infrastructure as code pipeline? What do I do with kind of my change control processes? But it really brings in true infrastructure as code. That's what you focus on, not the low-level API details of managing an endpoint. Terraform will do that for you, lets you really manage across large enterprise infrastructures. And as we talk about Terraform Cloud and Terraform Cloud for Business, that's where we get the integrations with source control like GitHub. Uh, Terraform integrates seamlessly with those. So that's really your focus now is how do I manage this in a repeatable, scalable way, truly as infrastructure as code with source control, 
um, the way you manage pull requests against your infrastructure's code, just like you do in low-level source code. But now I'm doing that based on those Terraform configuration files and what I want. And so you still have to kind of, hopefully, it's still letting you uh, use those skills that you have as a developer and what you do, um, but takes, off, takes away the low-level details, makes that easy to use, and lets you focus kind of on that part of really managing it in a secure uh, enterprise scale environment. You bring up a good point, David. I think, uh, you know, uh, the way we look at it, right, when we talk to these large enterprise customers, you know, they want the same level of consumption that they had in the public cloud. They want it on-premise, right? And and so what does that mean? Can I bring infrastructure as code on-premise? And it's it's really time to, to rethink that cloud operations, right? Now, how do we really involve that? So to Mark, I think, you know, yes, Terraform code at the end of the day is code. I wish maybe David and I should get together and write like, hey, Siri or Alexa, build me a Terraform code to create uh, a VM. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you have folks who, who actually build this Terraform code. What we're trying to do here is, is in this side being that new uh, modular SaaS uh, cloud hybrid platform, we're trying to actually bring that level of automation orchestration back on-premise securely with that integration with Terraform Cloud. And is it then slowly moving towards infrastructure as data? Because I th that's what I understood that David was saying, like it's more and more turning towards data. It's not so much about the code, but it's the data. So then it's more like infrastructure as data. Yeah, and I'd say it's kind of um, that, that infrastructure is code. Uh, it's still managed as code. So, you know, the dependencies you have and how complicated you're going to get in a workflow, uh, how the pieces, you know, kind of fit together. Um, I think, you know, I mentioned data. It's really about the definition of what you want. Under the hood, it's still code. So I think that infrastructure is code uh, buzzword still fits. But the, the big thing, again, is you're not actually writing you know, functions that you call or anything like that. It's really the definition of what you want. And then Terraform figures out how those pieces fit together. And that's where those providers are very intelligent. They really did the infrastructure as code part. The versioning of that, how that lives in source control, all those things, that's where that's still, you know, back on the user a little bit for exactly how they're going to reliably deploy what they, what they want. But it definitely is a focus more on the, the what you want and not how you're going to do it. I mean, for a gray beard like me, and well, Meredith, I don't think you have a gray beard, but as <laughs> Emeritus CCIEs for life, um, the, the, the idea that you don't uh, write any config anymore, that you step away from the how, but you only determine what you need. For, for network people, that's a big, big, big jump. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's true. I mean, if you think about it, right? I mean, for me, if I had to go provision a network, if I was doing something with ACI, I need to create like uh, tenants, app profiles, etc. I just need to say, hey, I need a tenant. Here's my name. Oh, I need this. You know, I, I can just, and it's so much easier for guys who can just write this telephone code rather than figuring out all the network commands, going into different UIs, if there is, and I'm, I'm being networking, you know, clicking on things or writing CLI. You know, what I usually kind of see, a lot of these solutions, including all the Cisco solutions, they all have telephone providers nowadays. And anything, any new product comes out, you talk to any startups that come, 
everybody's building a telephone provider first before they can actually do any APIs, right? Because now a lot of us are actually using infrastructure as code. I started myself last year and, you know, it's nonstop right now, right? So I agree. It's it's a big benefit for networking guys who want to kind of standardize and make sure they can meet, meet be repeatable at the end of the day. So does this kind of replace the APIC controller for ACI, or is it complemented, or other products like DNAC? How do they work together with Terraform? Or or do you not use those controllers anymore when you have Terraform? Uh, and those controllers are very much still there. Um, so this is really where uh, Cisco or other vendors, they write that provider on top of that API. So APIC is still there. Uh, the ACI API is still there. But then Cisco has written an ACI provider for Terraform that, again, kind of abstracts away all the details of how the API interacts and what's needed to create tenants and point groups, whatever you're doing there. Um, so really kind of a building blocks and kind of building out the stack, but all that code part. And when we talk about infrastructure as code, the thing is the code is all still there. So the difference is Cisco's ACI team wrote a provider that takes everything they know in terms of the API model and how to make this thing, both how you create it, how you update it, and how you destroy it, that's all in the provider. And then the end user just gets, I'm just going to tell this thing what I wanted in terms of a definition. If I want to change it, if I want to delete it, it's all there, but it's just a resource definition. And Cisco kind of picked up the burden of actually writing and maintaining that code and the end user just worries about what they wanted in the infrastructure. Given the amount of API endpoints on ACI, I'm kind of happy that <laughs> <laughs> there's about a zillion yeah. endpoints. I, yeah, I, we had we had a partner do this exercise, right, where they actually took a video of how often they had to click to create all the epic constructs, and then they had to wrote like in you know, lines of Terraform code, and it was so much easier. <laughs> like to do this over and over again, I just had to run this, get it done, and I'm good to go. But I agree, it's so much easier if you go down this route of infrastructures code with Terraform. And the feature parity is on par with the, the kind of built-in controllers that come with a lot of these solutions, for example, ACI and the APIC. Yes, and that's one, um, especially at Cisco, we've really tried to make our resource providers match what's in the API. And ACI kind of follows this model as well, but when we talk about Intersight's provider, it's actually partly auto-generated from the API schema. And then there's, there's still humans who help tie the rest of it together but meant to be at parity and actually stays up to date with the API itself. So all the capabilities you'd see in the API are in the provider. And also, again, as API changes, API changes are sometimes necessary as we go through versions of the product. And that's where that provider being largely auto-generated actually keeps up automatically with that. And you, you've always got what you need in the provider um, at the same level of functionality you'd have with direct API interaction. So that's again a 500 okay, so version page. changes. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. So that's a, that's another 500 page binder for the manual of the provider then. <laughs> yeah, and the <laughs> uh, the providers again they abstract a lot. Um, so sometimes a provider there'll be a lot of API calls just within particular resource definitions or other things. Um, but the documentation also kind of follows from that. So the documentation you have the nice thing in Terraform. Uh, especially depending on your code editors and other things, you still do all those. HashiCorp has nice plugins and VS Code and other spots where that documentation's inlined 
same on the website. So uh, hopefully you don't have to print it out, but yes, a lot of <laughs> documentation, but auto-generated and searchable, hopefully a little easier than thumbing through a binder. So, so guys, um, for, for a guy, for, for a person like me who's kind of new in the automation, how steep is the learning curve on, on this? So uh, I can I can I can give you my example, right? I'm a I'm a technical guy, but I actually I had a customer come ask me, "Hey, I need to I need to uh, automate using Terraform," and I I learned Terraform, got my certification in like a month and a half, right? So just figuring out how to use it, what to do, understanding the nuances, what needs to be done. So it is. And that is the you know the great thing JC is there's so much great material around Terraform uh, that it's easy to grasp right and the language is easy to adopt. Yes, you know it may take time to get to the more advanced level of, of coding, which I'm not there yet, but I don't want to get to that point because uh, there's another story. But but the thing is yes, if you want to go, there's so much so, there's so many courses out there. Uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, if you want certification, is a great way to go, go forward, uh, and 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 there's a lot of, lot of information around, you know, so many examples around. Hey, I need to provision a VM, and we ourselves, for example, one of one of my charters is to actually, you know, create various use cases around automation and orchestration, so I can publish it out to, you know, folks like yourself or the public. At least you start off with examples, right, and samples, and move on from there. Yeah, and I was going to mention with Terraform, that's another, um, I would say, advantage of Terraform is really simple to get started with. So Terraform is distributed as a binary uh, across all the platforms, and there's nothing else to install or maintain. Terraform, actually, all the things I mentioned with providers modules, those come out of the registry, and you just actually define what you need there in your configuration files, and Terraform does all the maintenance, really, of itself just through that binary. So it is not one where there's any, you're not going to be following a 20 page install <laughs> manual of how to, how to get what you need, what your dependencies are in the system and anything kind of runs anywhere very easily. Um, I was also going to throw in a quick plug for Cisco DevNet yes, uh, and what you. we have <laughs> out there with uh, learning labs on Terraform. So hopefully a real simple environment, including even um, DevNet hosting the environment that you can get started in and meant to be, uh, honestly, kind of for the first pass, a 30-minute walkthrough of getting kick-started with uh, Terraform and then more advanced labs if you want to walk through those. Sandboxes and DevNet are great. I use them a lot when I was studying for my exam, and they're just good for studying in general for work and projects you're working on, not necessarily just for exam prep. So and and right, we just introduced, uh, just right before Cisco Live, we introduced uh, Sandbox for Terraform. The, the, our new solution, the Cisco Insight Service for Terraform, is actually available in DevNet. So it shows you how, you know, gives you a sample integration uh, with, with vSphere, how to provision VMs using Intersight and Terraform Cloud all together. So it's a great way to get started too. That sounds awesome. Yeah, glad to hear the use of the sandboxes. Those are a, a really nice uh, way to have, uh, again, Cisco sort out what's needed in running something. And then you, <laughs> you can go destroy it. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, Cisco definitely <laughs> makes sure yeah. it's running and it'll exactly. clean up after you. It's uh, no risk. Yeah, we're building yeah. more. We're building more now. So, oh, Good. I'm glad to hear there's more about Terraform. Um, can you talk a little bit about Insight, just because I've... I studied that when I was doing for my exam, but I haven't used it hands-on, but I understand it's 
kind of broadens the scope where you can use other vendors' products and larger ecosystem. Is can you kind of describe insight? Well, Intersight, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, absolutely right. So you're absolutely right. So, so if you look at uh, you know where we're going with Intersight, right? It's it's becoming that modular platform of. Uh, you know, various SaaS offerings, right? So if you look at uh, Intersight is, is essentially known for, you know, the Intersight infrastructure service where we're actually dealing with the compute, storage, networking, and third-party infra. We're taking it, you know, we're going up from, you know, if you look at, we're starting with, with infrastructure, we're going up to that cloud journey where we're introducing services such as Intersight virtualization service where you can actually get an inventory of everything that you provision within your data center. So if I'm using Terraform, for example, to go provision a VM or applications, I can actually see the list of all the VMs, the clusters, the data stores using the Intersight virtualization service. Then you have services such as uh, Intersight Kubernetes which allows you to go provision uh, you know uh, kubernetes clusters if you if you want to go through the the process of modernizing your application using containers this is a great solution for for deploying clusters for your applications uh, we also have the inside workload optimizer for optimization you have uh, I, I mentioned inside cloud orchestrator around uh, around workflow designers and you know complex orchestration and then last but not least is the what we're talking about Terraform is the new Intersight service for HashiCorp Terraform, right? Where we bring in that infrastructure's code to our on-premise, uh, to provision on-premise also. So the idea is we want that Intersight to be that hybrid cloud platform that allows you to, to you know, rethink your cloud operations. So this gives that, you know, and with also the great thing, uh, right, that is that with, with this now, with this Terraform integration, what's happened is if you look at it, we have both public, we, we, we now work with public cloud and private cloud because Terraform has these providers for AWS and Zero Google. But at the same time, right, it allows us to extend our capabilities into various third-party tools because of these providers. I can bring in this level of automation if I want to tie in with, you know, tools around load balancers, uh, GitHub, uh, you know, data, like for example, monitoring solutions, Kubernetes solutions, uh, other other you know, databases, whatever it may be. But these providers give, gives us that capability of actually extending that, that uh, the, our hands into various third-party sources also. Yeah, and I also wanted to highlight with Intersight, um, one of the things is we, we've talked here about different tools, Terraform and Intersight. It sounds like, oh, there's more tools. I'm just getting more and more stuff to, to manage. Uh, I mentioned a little bit with Terraform, hopefully being really simple to deploy. Um, Intersight kind of takes that to a next level as a SaaS-hosted offering and means that you don't deploy or manage anything. So we kind of are trying to get rid of that management of the tools that manage your infrastructure. Let's just get you back to managing the infrastructure and Cisco picks up as a hosted offering, the visibility to that, the control of the infrastructure, as Mohit mentioned, virtualization services, other things, and it's not another tool to deploy. Cisco is hosting all those management services, making it real simple to operate. And a good fit is something like Terraform Cloud where you get exactly the same thing. Terraform Cloud actually runs the Terraform binaries effectively. And you don't even have to worry about how that operates. Terraform Cloud will run that for you. So as we talk about Terraform Cloud for business and Intersight, it gets into a model where I don't worry where I'm going to run this stuff. I don't worry any dependencies on how these tools are going to run. HashiCorp and Terraform on one side and Cisco and Intersight on the other actually 
give you a spot to run that as a SaaS hosted offering, but allow you to tie in with your on-premises infrastructure and manage that just like you would manage things in a purely cloud-based SaaS hosted offering. And, and, and David, I just want to add to that, and I want to come back to JC's comment about, you know, about learning Terraform also, right? Because I think it's really it's really important to understand that, you know, we've used the word Terraform Cloud, we use the word Terraform Open Source, is where these things lie and what they're used for, right? As if I would get started learning around Terraform, it's great, you know, Terraform Open Source is designed for personal use, and it's usually maintained on laptops, right? But when it comes to large enterprises, right, it... it it, it presents its own challenges. Uh, and what we see is uh, our customers start building processes, scaffolding around Terraform open source because you have to start dealing with collaboration. You gotta deal with secrets. You gotta deal with, well, Terraform has this concept of state. So when I'm actually running Terraform code, it saves the state of my deployment. Where do I save the state? Today, either it saves on my laptop, someone has to write some some additional process in place to go save that into uh, like, a, Amazon S3, using DynamoDB, whatever it may be. And Terraform Cloud essentially brings that central visibility in operations. And as, as David mentioned, right, it's that SaaS platform. I don't have to worry about all these challenges. So the more we speak to our customers, they're actually starting to see these various challenges and, they, and they're slowly gravitating towards Terraform Cloud because it gives them that collaborative platform for, uh, for, using, for using Terraform. And that's what we as Cisco are integrating with to bring that consumption model back on premise also. And that's still safe, cloud? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I believe in it. <laughs> I will always believe in it. That's why I'm in the cloud space. But uh, my answer will always be yes to that. code out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so when you look at like, uh, so Cisco Intersight uh, as a SaaS hosted offering, um, really what Cisco requires to operate that and everything we do in our secure development uh, lifecycle model, um, Cisco InfoSec, and really as uh, security as a focus of what we do in uh, Cisco. Cisco has a lot of oversight for how we manage Cisco Intersight, similar to what's there with Meraki or WebEx, or the other SaaS-hosted platforms. Um, and the other thing there is that you are still in control of your on-premises infrastructure, so really those, you know, how you actually allow Intersight to manage your on-premises infrastructure, uh, that's really still the control point. And the SaaS hosted offering is going to allow secure connections back to the on-premises infrastructure, but then everything in terms of how we manage data and all that, um, lots of third-party compliance, and then uh, again, a lot of governance by Cisco. And I'd say exactly the same thing for HashiCorp and what they do with Terraform. So this is part of HashiCorp's core business. Um, in terms of the other products that they manage with Vault and everything, secrets management, and how to run a multi-tenant SaaS-hosted offering. Uh, it's definitely a focus of HashiCorp, so a good, it's a good partnership there on the security side where both are very much focused on how to securely run a SaaS platform that also enables on-premises management. Hey, Mo, um I know you guys have been speaking a lot of Terraform used in the enterprise space. Do you don't you think maybe in in the service provider space it it would be um, beneficial as well? I'm just thinking of of all the stuff happening on five G. 
No, that's that's interesting that you mentioned that, right? In the last three weeks, I've had calls with five service providers <laughs> around yeah. this, uh, and yeah, I mean they do agree, right? And uh, and it's definitely useful, you know. How do I deal with, uh, you know, just just as 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 a as a self service model? Uh, how do I deal with five G? How do I deal with all these aspects? I mean, automation and orchestration is important at the end of the day, and. Yeah. The, and if I just look at the fundamentals of Terraform in, uh, in general, I mean that itself has is, is is amazing because what we want to give our customers is the art of possible. There's no way we can go and filter out every single use case, but but the thing is, if we can if we can teach our customers the art of possible, what they can do with Terraform, you know there is so much information out there with the uh, with the registry and Terraform the providers. It will definitely benefit service provider. It's exactly the same conversation I've had with them in the last few weeks. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. So I'm from the age of the Cisco validated design. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's still out there. Uh, does the, uh, the the use of the the, the Cisco provider uh, basically help you to be in line with those validated designs? Because a lot of automation, a lot of implementation of the stuff is being done for you. So you stay in line of what Cisco recommends is best practice. And yes, very much. And uh, one of the things on Cisco validated designs uh, that you'll see a shift to and that there's already a little bit of uh, information out there on is those Cisco validated designs now actually have an automation uh, component to them. So infrastructure as code kind of goes alongside what's in the Cisco validated design. So some of our intersite validated designs that are out uh, around uh, FlexPod with uh, NetApp deployment and other recent validated designs based on intersite, those actually use the intersite Terraform provider for the automation portion of that. And then we provide modules for Terraform that actually automate that portion of it. So in the kind of... Because the use of Terraform basically forces you to follow the validated design principles. Yes. Yep. And the key there, um, I'd say we're we're not anywhere close to completely getting away from the step-by-step instruction you'd see in a validated design. That's still the core for it. Um, but as you can imagine, really easy to make a typo in following a, a 300-page really? PDF for <laughs> how to deploy a validated design but with something like that terraform that's in the code and you <laughs> can go make your changes and uh, then allow terraform to deploy it um, exactly. based on what's in the design exactly <laughs> and uh, not having to worry about missing a step or uh, or typing in something wrong as you're following along <laughs> just pasting pasting the same ospf uh, process id twice in different boxes resetting yes. the whole network <laughs> I mean, that's true, right? Because if I, like I was saying, JC, I could share my GitHub with you and you just have to go change the parameters and not even change any code and you could be good to go. I just did this exercise this morning with our dCloud team. We wanted to set up IST with them. I gave, I gave them access to my GitHub. They just changed the parameter values and they were up and running. I didn't know anything about the infrastructure, right? Share, so, share, share. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. After this, <laughs> send send me your GitHub uh, username and I'll share it to you. <laughs> Again, these are just samples, but I'm working on learning at the same time. But definitely happy to share with you guys. Looks like Mark is actually sending it to me. <laughs> yep, I am. It's basically oh, NetCI/CD is the is the name of the uh, repo. I use NetArc okay. and NetCI/CD. I use I use both. 
great. Yeah, and, and one other thing I'll say I want to just put out there, right, uh, is also with this, you know, what we are trying to do here as well here in this session today is to bring that automation and orchestration back on premise, right? Uh, our goal here is, you know, when we, we announced this partnership back in March, late March, and, you know, we are, we are basically integrating with Terraform Cloud. And we already understand, you know, the benefits of Terraform Cloud, but we want to bring that integration, uh, you know, back on premise. If I just look at, you know, the challenges, you know, I don't want to open up security groups, ports, etc. And as, as David mentioned also from a security aspect, right, we have within Intersight the assist appliance, which is actually a hardened and secure appliance that our customers use on a regular basis to tie SaaS back into on-premise. Leveraging this appliance that can connect to not only my vCenter to other, you know, uh, coming back to your point of integration with third-party sources, but what we do is we we push what we call is Terraform cloud agents into this assist and manage the entire lifecycle so that we can make execution of Terraform code from Terraform cloud back on premise so it's simple, integrated, and extensible. So we, we build that foundation, that secure channel, and you know, and Cisco Intersight is that is that control point that allows us to execute uh, that code securely on premise, and that you know that essentially is great because we're so used to using. You talk to customers, and they're so used to using Terraform for you know public cloud, but when it's gone private, I I was surprised myself to see it's not that used as much, but now with this platform. You know, I don't like to use the word single pane of glass, but let's say single pane of glass, we're bringing that execution back on premise and making it easy for IT ops that has challenges with management, security, and orchestration today. And so that they can actually satisfy the DevOps guys. And, and you know, eventually the CXOs are happy because IT ops and DevOps are happy. Yeah, and I was going to mention also for that on-premises management, um, so the way Intersight operates, with allowing that on-premises um, connection back out to SaaS, you can still really control what's allowed outside the firewall. So still the same, you know, internal security where firewall can protect those on-premises resources and allow connections just out to Intersight. And how Terraform Cloud for business operates really follows the same model with how they run agents on-premises. And when it's tied in with Intersight, it doesn't have any new requirements outside of what you do for an Intersight connection. So those agents run really the same way that we run Intersight connections out. So a, a good architecture for on-premises management from a SaaS-hosted offering. And then when they run within the Intersight um, environment, you also don't have to open up anything different. So Terraform Cloud for Business is kind of a, a seamless integration with Intersight and just looks like Intersight. To the outside world but then really on the SaaS side is where we tie in terraform cloud so a, a really nice architecture and kind of manages how both hashicorp or uh, mirrors how hashicorp manages their on-premises stuff with what we do in cisco intersight for on-premises management great if i look at cisco right cisco is all about building the bridge right but and in this case we're building the bridging the gap between you know the cloud first and on-premise infrastructure so for uh, infrastructure as cloud strategy. So we are building, bridging the gap between your DevOps and IT ops, right? And this is where our core value comes in with infrastructure as code. And, you know, 
there are two paths that we all have, right? We've, we've spoken about the providers where Cisco itself has all these different providers for for uh, in telephone providers for you know uh, all our solutions. And on the other end is this new new platform called Intersight Service for Telephone that we are bringing in for that execution of this secure execution of Telephone code on premise. Yeah, I must say, I uh, at first I thought, gee, now we're going to add an additional tool into the whole toolbox, but it's actually the opposite. I, I think by using Terraform for business, um, you are actually using less. Yes. Hopefully, exactly exactly uh, what's <laughs> intended there is actually, uh, I know uh, there's a... Some uh, pride, I guess, in some of that code and other stuff you've maintained that I think maybe were taken taken away, um, but allows you to kind of get rid of that tool and hopefully focus those efforts on uh, on something else and actually, you know, providing reliable management of the infrastructure. Less is more. Yes, <laughs> so now, it always <laughs> is. <laughs> now, now you guys are Terraform experts. Now you can write right. all the Terraform code and you know send it to us. Take a nice <laughs> vacation. Public. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Well, given what you told, I'm actually thinking about writing a provider, but I still have to figure out how. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Thank you for listening in today, and a special thank you to our guests and Cisco Champions for being a part of today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.